This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to this episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn here on, well, July 19th, uh, 2019. We continue Mitch Marathon Month. And of course, uh, remember Mitch Merch. Uh, you can get uh, your wonderful t shirts at loudtracks.com forward slash Mitch. And I've got a, a very quick interview here. It's only about 15 minutes with Alan Parsons. He's got a new album out called The Secret. And on the album, he's got a, a vocal performance by foreigner or former foreigner singer Lou Graham. Uh, they do a song uh, called Sometimes. And uh, I'm, we'll talk about, about Lou Graham and foreigner in a second. But before that, I just, I just want to say about, about the interview. Uh, I was told, you know, he was, he was here in Montreal as part of the International uh, Jazz Festival, the uh, Festival International de Jazz de Montréal, as we like to say. And... Um, I was told, okay, phone his hotel at noon. Phone Alan's hotel at noon. So I phone the hotel and say, I need to get uh, Alan Parsons in room. And I forget what it was, 303 or whatever. And the clerk at the hotel, I guess, sensing it might have been a prank call or just some fan or whatever. He was like, well, I will uh, take your uh, number and... Uh, I will uh, give it to uh, Mr. Parsons, and uh, if he knows you, he will phone you back. And I went, if he knows me, he'll phone. I go, I go he doesn't know me. He, it's an interview. He goes, oh, it's an interview. I go, yeah, and it's live now at noon. And he goes, well, uh, I will uh, take your number, and uh, he will uh, phone you back. I go, all right. All right. Um, I wait a little bit, nothing happens, so I phone back, and he goes, oh, yes. Mr. Parsons is uh, standing down here by the elevator. I will go see if he is uh, ready to do an interview. And uh, puts the phone down, and I hear a little shuffling. And I get ba he gets back on the phone and goes, Yes, uh, Mr. Parsons would like you to phone him in five minutes. I was like, Really? Now, uh, I I'm not bad-mouthing Alan Parsons. I don't think Alan had any clue this was going on. In fact, I don't think any of this actually was going on. I think it was somewhat invented. Anyway, anyway, we finally get Alan on the phone, and uh, we do the interview, and it was a brief one because it was f for the uh, jazz festival, and it was sort of an in-and-out, um, uh, you know. And, and there's one part in the interview where you're going to hear, I ask him about his uh, former uh, writing partner and, and stuff, and... Uh, I guess the question came out a little wrong. You know, I, I, I must have worded it uh, incorrectly because Alan goes, you know, well, you know, he's, he's dead. And I was like, well, yes, I know, I know that, but I, I don't know. So, so take a listen, uh, see if I asked the question wrong because I, I felt exceptionally bad. I wasn't trying to be rude or anything. Anyway, uh, take a listen to the, to the interview and, and see if I posed the question wrong. But uh, anyway, let me, let me quickly get back to Lou Graham here and, and Forner. You know, I, I've had this discussion before, and you'll hear me shout it from the rooftops. Why is Foreigner not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? First five albums, top five Billboard. If you take a rock fan and you say Urgent, or I Don't Know What Love Is, or Hot-Blooded, they know exactly what you're talking about. They can start singing it to you right then and there. If 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 aliens were to descend from another planet and say, "Hey, what is a rock singer? You know what what's the definition of a rock singer?" You would point your fingers 
to Lou Graham and go, that's it. You know, talk about all these other singers you want, but that's a rock singer. That's what what they look like. That's what they sound like. And um, it's unbelievable. So I think we need to start a hashtag uh, anytime we talk about foreigner, just just hashtag induct foreigner. I think we need to go with that hashtag induct foreigner. So I'll I'll uh, tag this episode as hashtag induct foreigner. Anyway. Uh, Alan has, uh, Alan, uh, not Alan Niven, but Alan Parsons has a new album out called The Secret, as we mentioned. So let us get over to this very rapid fire interview with the one, uh, the only Alan Parsons. We are speaking with, uh, Alan Parsons. The new album is The Secret. Alan, a, a great pleasure, uh, to speak with you again. Um, you are of course in Montreal as part of the, uh, Montreal International Jazz Festival and you have a show, uh, later tonight. Let me talk to you quickly about the importance of touring, and it seems to me that in the streaming age, touring has once again become sort of the bread and butter of bands and of artists. Uh, how do you sort of see touring in this new world of streaming and and and, and stuff? The, the, uh, good, good afternoon, by the way. Nice to, nice to talk to you again. <laughs> yes, sorry. Um, I'm in a rush. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you're right. It's 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 become bread and butter. I mean, without touring, uh, I'm not sure I could survive. Uh, you know, the uh, the sales of physical um, CDs, DVDs, even even vinyl. Uh, thank God, is is doing a, l- a little better than than the rest. But uh, without uh, physical sales um, or with dwindling physical sales. Um, playing live is, is is an absolute necessity for me, and it, that goes for a whole lot of artists. Uh, you know, the, including, including um, you know ones that are just starting out afresh. They, they 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 just need the work. They need, and and the good the good news is that uh, as long as live music exists, people will pay for it, and um, that's you know that's a blessing. Whereas um, you know. As far as recorded product is concerned, people now expect it to, to be free, which is which is so wrong. It's incredibly wrong. And in fact, when I do an interview, I usually go out and buy the albums because that's I feel you have to support. Now, the uh, the secret first album in or first solo album in fifteen years, it was recorded at your studio, Parsonics, correct? Correct. It, um, it's a brand new studio. It's a, it's a fully fledged, uh, state of the art, uh, uh, you know, uh, professionally equipped studio. Um, whereas the one I had at home before before was not uh, not uh, fully fledged. But uh, yeah, I, I essentially um, built the studio thinking towards the future, the next five years. You know, that I'd like to get back into uh, producing other artists. Uh, at um, the tender age of seventy, I can't. I feel I can't uh, rely <laughs> rely on touring too much. Although we're working very hard to, to promote the new album, and we've uh, we've actually been away from home a record five and a half weeks, and uh, we hit uh, we hit our home terrace home turf tomorrow evening on on, on Friday. All right, that that'll be great. So, but so so talk to me quickly about Parsonics because from what I from what I've been researching. You're using the 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 Neve console or the ne- I I always mispronounce that word, but you're using an analog console. Uh, talk to me about why you've chosen to go 
to an analog console in what is sort of the digital age. What 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 is the difference in terms of sonics and reco- recording quality for the analog over the digital? Using using an analog console does actually give you a, a better sonic performance. I mean, no 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 digital console designer would 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 argue that point um, because. Uh, uh, every uh, even a digital console has to go through an analog uh, process to uh, or an analog to digital process to to get it into the di- digital domain but my my studio is is does have an analog console but i still record to uh, a hard disk system which is which is digital but um that was just a, a choice I made. The, the, uh, a lot of the biggest professional studios uh, throughout the world are still using analog consoles, but with uh, with digital hard disk. And uh, that's that's what I decided to do, and that's what uh, that's what this new album is. Yeah. So l- let me get back to the album, and I, I do want to talk about these three days of master classes coming up at the studio. But on this album, you, you've used different singers, including. Um, uh, Lou Graham, including Jason Mraz. Uh, talk to me about having this album and having different voices interpret the music rather than have one voice, like, you know, rather than have Lou Graham go through all 10 tracks or 11 tracks. Talk to me about using the different, and how did you select each voice for each song? Well, that's, that's been a, a sort of principle. It's, it's been a trademark over the years for the, uh, for the Alan Parsons Project and everything I've done since uh, to take on a number of different uh, artists, performers, singers, whatever, um, and uh, it, it's it, it's uh, like I said, it's a trademark, and it's it, it's it's very fulfilling for me uh, that when we've uh, completed a, a backing track for a song, I I sort of pluck ideas out of the air and say, well, wouldn't Lou Graham be great on this song, and wouldn't uh, Jason Mraz be great on this song? And uh, thankfully, in both <laughs> in both cases, uh, we got a resounding yes that uh, they, they would love to do love to do the uh, the vocals on the on the two songs. Jason sings uh, a song called Miracle, and Lou Graham sings uh, a song called Sometimes. Um, interestingly, um, we were not in the same room when they did those vocals. Um, Lou was in a studio in New York State, and. Uh, Jason was somewhere in Texas, as I remember. Um, but it's a very real possibility to do uh, to do recording at a distance over the internet these days, and that's what we did. In fact, I still have to meet Lou Graham face to face. I have met Jason, but it's, I have not actually met Lou Graham face to face. But he did a wonderful job on, on the on the song, which is called "Sometimes." Yeah, uh, it's a great song, and 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 I've actually met Lou Graham, so there you go. Um, just real quick, the album. And interestingly, interestingly, <laughs> we just did a gig with Foreigner. In uh, in uh, Germany, at a festival in Germany. Yeah, and, and, and uh, I got to see uh, I got to see Mick Jones for the first time in thirty five years. <laughs> so. And you got to see Kelly Hansen, which uh, you might want to consider for the next album because he has got a, an incredible voice. I mean, he Mick Mick picked the right guy. I got to tell you that. Um, just right. real quick, the the Alan Parsons project. Of course, you you worked with Eric Wilson, or you work with Eric Wilson. Talk to me about what he's meant to you, both professionally and personally, because it's been a long-standing relationship, and and it just works. I mean, just what has he meant to you on both levels, professionally and um, personally? Uh, you 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 made it sound like we're still working together. He he died sadly in in, yes. in two thousand nine. Correct. Sorry, um, my apologies. But <laughs> um, 
he he was uh, you know the Alan Parsons project was a two man team Eric and myself, um, and of course you know we developed a a style of, of songwriting and recording that uh, that gave us an enormous amount of success, and uh, I miss that. Um, but uh, you know uh, all go- all good things must uh, must go on, and uh, I, I think I've achieved. Uh, you know, greatness in other areas by working with the people I've uh, I've been working with since Eric's death, and um, I've uh, you know since since well just a little before he died, we uh, we had started doing live shows, and um, as you know, the live shows uh, are, are continuing and and we are doing really well with with live shows right now. Very much so, and and my apologies for the 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 improper choice of words on on that question. Um, oh no 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 worries. <laughs> so so sorry about that. Uh, but okay, let's so at Parsonics on July twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh, you've got these three days of master classes: one day of music production rules, one day of in the mix, and one day of life's a long song. Talk to me about uh, about those classes and. And and what are sort of people going to get when they come into this? Just explain what these master classes are going to be, and and what fans can expect, and people who sign up can expect. Well, the the, um, the, the main point of, the, of these master classes is is um, they're actually an extension of a video series which I did uh, a few years back called the Art and Science of Sound Recording, and um, that was a, a nine hours of educational stuff on on three DVD, three DVDs. And, uh, that, that's been, uh, given a lot of acceptance in re- recording colleges and universities, uh, music co- colleges and so on. Um, but the, the basic idea is, is to have people observe as flies on the wall, what goes on at a recording session. I mean, there's so much, uh, there's so much mystery about what goes on in a recording studio and, uh, whether you're a professional, uh, you know, already have, uh, recording experience or whether you're a complete rank outsider that just uh, has an interest in, in uh, seeing what how uh, how a recording session is conducted um i think you know they 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 should enjoy it <laughs> and uh there are there are a few places available i understand still for the for for days uh, for the, i think days 2 and 3 i think day day 1 might be uh, fully subscribed but uh, we we we'll be glad to see anybody who's interested it's it's uh, at my studio in Santa Barbara, California. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's going to be a, an incredible event. Uh, and and I'll, I'll ask you another question about the studio, but just real quick, between A Valid Path and The Secret, there was 15 years. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that time in between. I, I know you did a whole bunch of other stuff, and there were some live albums, and then there was touring. But in terms of studio albums, why was there that gap of 15 years? Was, was there just, was there, uh, you know, no, no creativity? There was no point in making an album? There was just, you were busy with the other stuff? Talk, talk to me about that gap. I, I really didn't, uh, I, d- I didn't uh, put my feet up. <laughs> I, I refused to make a record. <laughs> it was uh, just doing other things. I mean, I produced uh, a Stephen Wilson album. I produced a... a an album with uh, Jake Shimabukuro, the uh, virtuoso ukulele player. Um, I did some uh, local fundraising events. I did, uh, uh, <clears throat> and, and of course, the, the, the thing I've just been talking about, the art and science of sound recording. I mean, that was three years of my life, pretty much, uh, making that series. And, 
you know, just uh, and uh, also during the period we we moved into a, a, a new house with, which was literally tumbling down, and we had to get it uh, pretty much rebuild it. So that that took a a good year to do that. Um, and I, I think uh, I wasn't really motivated to um, to continue along the same. Uh, path as I had been with with the previous album, a, a valid path was a kind of a, an experiment in electronic <coughs> electronica, um, and uh, I, I was convinced by um, the Italian label that we are, we're working with Frontiers to go back to a more traditional project-ish uh, uh, kind of style. <coughs> Excuse me. So that uh, that's what I did. I, I went. Uh, I went looking for for songs and developing songs with the uh, musicians I worked with on the album to, you know, essentially try and recapture the Alan Parsons project atmosphere. And I, I think we succeeded. Most people, are, most people have heard who have heard the secret say, "Yeah, it's absolutely a return to the to, to the, the roots, distinctive yeah. style of the, of the APP." And uh, just before we wrap up, I'll, I'll ask you a couple more questions. Just. Uh, in terms of making new music, because you, your career has been long, and you could go out there and do, you know, Eye in the Sky, the the, the entire album tour, and, and fans would show up. Talk to me about the importance of actually making new music, because, you know, you you can you can put Alan Parsons on the marquee, and fans will show up, and you don't need to go through the the, the process. It's true. I mean, we've we've essentially um, toured the last. Uh, well, whatever it is now, it's 20 years now, um, on on the back of uh, of uh, the catalogue of the APP hits. Um, when whenever we have released something new, we've uh, you know always played a, a song or two from from whatever that new product is. But uh, the, the 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 main uh, backbone of what we do live is 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 past uh, past hits. And that's fine with me. I'm happy to do that as long as I'm touring. You have, in your area, locally, done a lot of nonprofit work, and a lot of it benefits first responders. Just just talk to me about, and you've raised millions, by the way. Uh, talk to me about uh, doing that and uh, and first responders and, and, and doing the charity work for them, because to me, they, they are absolutely essential to everything we do. And it's very important. A firefighter saved our lives back when I was four years old. So, um, talk to me about that and, and doing local charity work. Yeah, the um, the main uh, the main event that uh, I, I did for the first responders was uh, essentially in, in support of the tragic loss of life and uh, damage caused by fires and mudslides in the uh, Santa Barbara area. And I was musical director for uh, for a big benefit for the first responders. Uh, it was called the Kick Ash Bash, <laughs> and um, it included uh, lots of local artists. Um, Kenny Loggins being one of them. Um, who else was at the Kick, Kick Ash Bash? I'm asking. Katie Perry. Perry was there. Uh, Ellen DeGeneres showed up. Uh, Dennis Miller did the uh, MCing. It was a fun event, but uh, you know, I was essentially there. I mean, of course, we played too, but I was essentially there as, as musical director, trying to get uh, the right people on and off the stage at the right times because it was a, a multi-artist show, and uh, 
took quite a bit of organizing. But uh, no, I'm, I'm happy, to, happy to support first responders. And uh, another event we did recently was in support of uh, a green earth. It was uh, called, called Earth Call. It was out of Aspen, Colorado. That was just a month ago. Um, so yeah, I mean... Great stuff. We, uh, we're happy to, to support uh, those in need. Yeah, great stuff. And, and you live on an avocado ranch, right? That's right. I, uh, no, I no. grow uh, organic avocados and organic citrus fruit, but uh, <clears throat> I'm not a hands-on guy. I don't get my hands dirty. <laughs> okay, so, the, uh, so you're not wearing billy boots and getting into the field? I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to say no. <laughs> but <laughs> no. Uh, it, it, but uh, it means that we have a, a very picturesque uh, surrounding to our house, and uh, it's, uh, it's a lovely place to live. That's great. And uh, now that the secret's out, do, do you see yourself making a, a, a the next new album in, in in a year or two, or you just say, "Hey, Frontiers, you got this album. Now that's it. Leave me alone." <laughs> I, I think I've got one more in me for sure, and and several as a producer with other artists. Great, uh, Alan. Uh, always a pleasure. I look forward to the show tonight. And uh, as we say here in Montreal, uh, merci beaucoup. Thank you. De rien. Thank you. À la prochaine. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. <laughs> Cheers. You're listening to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFond. Rock Talk.